0: Welcome to the Commission Breath Podcast, a mortgage professional's complete guide on how to successfully scale their business and not fall into the trap of commission breath. And now your hosts, Brandon Love and Tom Moffat. All right, all right. Episode number two, Brandon and I here. We do not have a drink today, unfortunate, but it is a Wednesday at 1 p.m. So, you know, we got to call it quits at some point during the week, right? I don't have a drink that you know of. That's oh, you, okay. So, you, oh, you do, right? <laughs> no, I, I wish, but not today. Awesome, buddy. How's the week going for you, mortgage wise? It's
1: good. Got a couple closings this week. Broker complete on everything until the end of June. So nice. we have the fourteenth. So that feels good. And uh, yeah,
0: nice. That's a good feeling. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, same here. A lot of my files kind of becoming broker complete, wrapping up a little bit. Like I don't know about you, is quiet for like the last. I'd say two weeks, two or three weeks, it was like leads were slowing down quite a bit. And then this last week, I don't know if it's because of the rates increasing, people are jumping again. But yeah, man, I've had like an influx of leads this week, which have been nice, like two book calls today, an application today. So yeah, all is well this week so far.
1: Nice. That's awesome. I found my last couple of weeks have been people who have tried to go through their branch or whatever, and then something's blown up. So they're kind of like emergency closings. So that's been okay. I like those because you know they're actually going through. They're not shopping you're, you're their savior. And but yeah, I found a few people that were sitting on the sidelines who now realize, hey, I have a rate hold that might be like four point four nine. They're now like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna be a little bit more proactive before this movie yeah. slips. So
0: And that's just it. I mean, we won't elaborate too much on it because we got some good stuff today, but rate holds, man, like I hate them. I absolutely hate a volatile rate environment and doing rate holds, but man, like they can pay off in the long run. And obviously it's best for the clients too. Like if you don't have a conscience, then you're not doing it, but you're saving your client money. And also you're making more money because they're going to come back and you have them now. Like you've got that low rate.
1: For sure. It's a love hate thing. Definitely.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So with that being said, today we are going to be talking about the ASK muscle. So not ASK, A-S-K, ASK muscle. Yeah. So what is it, Brandon? I was going to call you Dino. Brandon, what is it?
1: For so five? the ASK muscle was something that was brought up in a BRICS call late last fall by Steve Diament. and it's something that really resonated with me. And basically what it is, is just getting into the habit of asking for things. So Examples being like asking for a referral, asking for a Google review, asking a client if they know anyone else who's shopping, things like that.
0: Okay, cool. And has this been something that you've implemented in your business and has it been effective for you?
1: Yeah, 100%. So I write down, I've got a weekly tally, kind of tracks everything from like reading with my kid to taking my vitamin. And at the top of it, though, is just like a one line and it has my ask and then the target for the week. And then I just do every time I do one, I do a little check on it. So it's just like that little dopamine thing and also a very visual outlook of what I've done week after week. And now we are on week 24 of the year at the time of recording. So I can look back at my sheets and then kind of see, OK, what happened one week? I did 40 asks and yeah. kind of transpired in my business from there. Versus like one week I was sick, for instance, and I did like 15 and what happened kind of three weeks to a month out from there.
0: Yeah, there's something to be said about like physically checking stuff off. I used to do that all the time. I was like so hardcore with making checklists and checking them off. Like now I just use my notes app on my phone, but like maybe I revert back to that because I do know that feeling of checking that off, like physically writing that down. Um,
1: Yeah. I'm a big fan of the physical cues. Like you'll even see behind me, I've got like, the painter's tape and with marker on the wall it looks like a ghetto but it works and i just like sit and write it down so like if i have like something that's like a daily goal like 10 asks i'll write it on the paper stick it on my laptop so every time i open it i'm looking at that like if i'm tempted to go check out like nhl.com or what you're posting on facebook i'm like no i have to do these asks and i'm getting it done so it. it's just a good reminder that way
0: Yeah. For anyone listening, you can actually check it out on YouTube. We have this on YouTube too. You can see Brandon's background. It's not the most appealing, but in my eyes, it's motivating. Like I love all the stuff you put on there to keep you on track with stuff. And I remember we first chatted, we're like, we're both of us were like, man, we need some like super cool backgrounds for this podcast. But I was like, why don't we just go authentic? get rid of like that green screen that we had in the background and just go all raw dog. Yeah. <laughs> raw dog. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Super, super ghetto Spartan amenities, but I don't think you need much more than like a laptop, a second monitor and a phone to grow in this business. Yeah. And the rest is just all based on action, which the ask muscle is.
0: So yeah, back to that. You're not just doing it for business. You're doing it for like family and other stuff too.
1: So the checklist, that's the visual cue, just for like priorities kind of thing, like working out, I'm obviously not in the best shape. So I've made that a goal. Reading with Willow is just a habit where I think kids get better if you read with them all the time. So just like making sure that, hey, if I had a busy day at work, sometimes you just want to like hang out and veg out. But it's like, okay, just grab the book. Let's do 15 minutes. And just those little steps that compound. And then... I track on that same sheet, the asks, the number of leads that week, and then my Google reviews. So those okay. are the things that I want to see. And then I have like my non-negotiable things for the week, like my realtor email that I have on there just to check it off.
0: Okay. So out of all of those things, since you started in the business, what's been the most effective ask for you?
1: Honestly, the best one has probably been asking Realtors to introduce me to another realtor is one of my favorite ones because, like birds of a feather flock together, your favorite partner you work with probably has a buddy in the industry that's equally as good to work with. And it's such a warm introduction when I say, Hey, Tom, can you connect me to someone? And you're like, Yeah, 100%. This person's great. And you do that quick text intro. It's so much better than a cold call or anything like that.
0: Okay. So you're essentially going to your best realtors, you're saying, Hey, Can you introduce me to a like-minded realtor that you're friends with that you think would be a good partnership for me? Exactly. How does that sound? Exactly like that?
1: Yeah, more or less. Just like, so for example, I'll be like, hey, Tom, how's it going, man? We'll shoot the shit for a bit. You know, a lot of the time my conversations are less about the real estate. We'll talk about a few active deals, but then other stuff that we are mutually interested in. And then I'll be like, hey, I'm looking to add a few more realtors to my system. I love working with you. Who do you love working with? And are you open to making an introduction? Love yeah. it. And it's just really simple. And they're often like, yeah, that's great. Like, cause it's, you're honoring them. Like you're giving them a compliment and it's true. You do love working with them. Yes. Yeah. So it works out really nicely.
0: Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about that. Cause I know a lot of people, are hesitant on asking realtors for other realtors because they want to make it seem like they're the only one they're working with, which obviously is not the case. And everyone knows it. Like There is that awkwardness with some relationships. But to me, in my opinion, like the realtors that are feeding you business are the ones that are busy and have an established business. They can care less if you are working with other realtors. As long as you're getting their deals done, they like you, that's all they care about. They don't care if you're working with another realtor. So for those of you listening, thinking like, oh man, I don't want to go to my realtors and ask that because I'm worried about our relationship being jeopardized. I say like, try it out. Like ask a couple of your top producing realtors because I'm sure they will not mind.
1: Exactly. And the ones who are, if you have one who's like, I thought I was your realtor, like, and they're worried about that level of monogamy. It means that they're not actually doing yeah. things. So don't worry about it. Like yeah. anything else, they have other mortgage people they know. Exactly.
0: Exactly, man. Like if you think you're the only mortgage guy, think again, they have a backup or maybe you are the backup. They're part of the business. So, okay. So realtors asking for other realtors. Love it. Another one. Didn't you gamify this too?
1: If you're on the video, you'll be able to see this. This is a champagne chiller bucket. And then I have, I love my red wine. So I have all these wine corks. And every time I made an ask, I would throw a cork in the bucket and just gamed it out. So I don't do this anymore because now I'm in the habit of it. But when I was first starting, I started with 25 per week. My goal was five per day. And I would just put the five corks on my desk, the buckets there. You have the visual cue of the cork. And then you kind of have to clean your desk by the end of the day. So sometimes, especially when I was like first getting the ball rolling on it, Sometimes my day would be eaten by like trying to underwrite something or like yeah. dealing with something difficult. And I'm like, holy crap, I've got to pick my kid up at three from school. It's two thirty. What are we going to do? And I just bang them out real quick. So it kind of forces you that way. And it's impossible to ignore. You know, you don't want to work with a bunch of wine corks on your desk, so it's impossible to phase it out.
0: Yeah. I bet you that sound is somewhat satisfying too. Eh? I it is,
1: it is, it <laughs> I just pulled this back off the shelf and did it. I hadn't thrown one in there yet. And uh just brings it yeah, back. Was, might actually bring it back now. Yeah, why I not, man? A little challenge with me. Feel free to challenge me on Instagram or whatever, and we can oh, see Oh,
0: there you go. Okay. Yeah, asks in a week. Maybe we'll post something about that. Little yeah. ask challenge.
1: I'm down for that. Okay. I was going to say that we can circle back on the results and see uh, see what people come up with. Yeah, definitely don't challenge
0: me on that because I'm not the best for calling. So I'm not going to take you up on that. You're like the master at calling. Whereas me, I'm a big text guy. I hate doing the calling.
1: I do a lot of text too. You could do this. If you have call reluctance, you could do this as a text ask to get the ball rolling just to so get like the cobwebs off. Yeah. The call converts way higher because it's easy to brush off a text. Whereas like, I'll have you on the phone. You're like, shit, like this guy's going to ask me for something again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's different forms of ass. Like for me, it's not so much the call reluctance. It's more so like my inconsistency with obviously my other salary job that I have where I can't have that consistent five per day. And then if you get like, for me, it's like, if you get caught with one of them talking for like 20 minutes, it's just such a big killer to the morning production wise. I don't know if you get that with some of your realtors, but some of them just blabber on.
1: Sure, if you're building uh, yeah for yeah, that relationship, so like you have to think about the lifetime value of the relationship too, and like sure, 20 minutes you might have in your calendar this amount of time allocated to this that might throw you off, but also you'll get the feel of it once you get into the habit for who's a chatter, and right. so I'll time block let's say an hour for the calls, and it's nice to put that person first to ease into it. You kind of get into your groove. They're super friendly. And then, you know, you do your other, your harder asks and your clients that or realtors that maybe are a little bit more of a challenge to get chatting.
0: And is it safe to say you also do voicemail drops too still?
1: Yeah, I'll do the Monday voicemail drop just saying, so that one will go to realtors and then I'll do one to clients as well. So for a realtor example, and I do this through Leadvine is I will voicemail drop and say, Hey, it's Brandon Love. Hope you had an awesome weekend. Just wanted to touch base and see if you met anyone at open houses this weekend who needs to get pre-approved. And it can go as a blast to all the realtors. It can go as a blast to select cohorts. So you can kind of test that script. It's not personalized. So it's just... They think it's one-on-one though. feels one-to-one, but it's not. Yeah. And then for clients, same thing. You can just say, hey, it's Brandon Love. Hope you had an awesome weekend. Just wanted to see if you saw any properties this weekend that you wanted to run your budget on. And it's like, oh, that's nice. If I'm leaving a message, didn't even realize he called. And the key there obviously is having the system and the software to do that. And then also just letting them know that you have another like office line. Otherwise it looks kind of weird that it's not your number.
0: Yeah, I know for sure. And that comes back to like, if you have that line, what I do is I send a contact card with my, this is when I like I first pitched to my realtor. I'll send a contact card to my personal number and then I'll send a text from my business number. of like, hey, just FYI, this is my business number. They'll probably be getting some calls and texts from this. This is our actual main business line, just a heads up. So that way they have both numbers in their system.
1: Yeah. And that feels way better too for knowing that, hey, okay, I've got the office number. Yeah. But I also, I have Tom's personal cell. It just like that little extra bit of trust there. At a certain point in your business too, maybe you don't want, like right now, I think clients still get your personal cell sometimes as well. Yeah. Um, Sometimes at a certain point, maybe you want to turn that off. So it does give you that option too.
0: Yeah. And for the realtor or just even referral partner perspective, like them having your personal number, they kind of feel like they have like keys to the VIP, like backdoor access to you. And you're building that relationship on that end. So that's definitely another little like kind of mental aspect to it. For sure. So we've got realtors for introductions to other realtors, Can we have realtors asking for business.
1: Anything so, else? Yeah, there's a bunch of other ways. So sticking on the realtor thread, I will ask realtors if they have a financial advisor that they use or that they refer to. That's a good one. I'll also ask which lawyer they love using. That's another one. And then you're just kind of building that triangle of trust there. And then calling that contact and asking, hey, Tom said you're awesome we work together all the time, just wanted to see if we could jump on a call and learn a little bit more about each other's business. So that's another ask. So you're asking for business on that channel and you're just kind of creating that sequence over and over again. So that's kind of the referral partner way. Another one to ask is the realtors for a Google review. Yes. Phasing to clients. Clients, you're asking number one for Google reviews. That's the big one number 2 is anyone else in their circle who needs to get pre approved a lot of them are just asking hey have you seen anything that caught your eye or that you're thinking about offering on just staying fresh you know having that follow up cycle in there i find that's really big
0: wow okay so that's that's a lot so you essentially like how do you break that down though like if you're doing say the 25
1: 25- it was it 25 per week. So it was 25 per week. I do 35 per week now. And oftentimes more than
0: that. So do you break that down in the morning of you say, Hey, you know what, say it's 25. My yeah. five today are going to be three are going to be allocated towards realtors for asking for a realtor connection. And two are going to be towards my clients for a Google review. Like, do you determine that morning of, or is it more so like you just need to reach your five, whatever comes to you, you just throw it out there.
1: Yeah, the latter option. I don't like to get too nitty gritty on like how it's going to get done, just that it has to get done. And I find you end up covering the spectrum as long as you're committed to doing the actual process, because you're going to run out of like realtors to ask for another realtor that week. So then you have to ask for something different. You got to ask for a lead or something. So there's no need to fine tune it. Maybe if you wanted to get really granular, that could be super effective. But for me, it's like maintaining the habit and the consistency that compounds. And I've seen a dramatic jump in my Google reviews. I've seen an increase in the amount of partners I have, the number of leads I get. So I know it's working. I don't feel the need that I need to tune it to that point.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And it it makes sense because if you are doing the client Google review ask, like for me, at least that's specific in my client journey where it pops out. So it's hard to like, if you're trying to organize it per day, it just doesn't make sense that way. Cause for example, if I'm asking a client for a Google review at closing, I don't know, like I obviously know what day that's going to be, but sometimes I'm asking that that ask along the client journey as well. Cause I ask it about three times, three or four times in my client journey. So yeah. obviously it's hard to map that out. And then you're just wasting time trying to map it out. So just hit your five or whatever your number is per day.
1: Yeah, set so your number. That's your minimum. Hit it. If you blow it out of the water, ratchet it higher. If you're like, yeah. this is a struggle and it's killing me, dial it down. If you're consistent on it, it's going to eventually compound and be good for your business. You don't need to hate doing it. Like, it should be something fun. Like, put a little game on it, put in an internal competition. Like, back in the fall, Greg Bracken and I did a challenge, and it was like a streak. And there was a monetary number on it each day, where if like you didn't do the calls, it got added to the pot, and then the pot okay sent to the winner. Which Greg, if you're listening, I actually won twice, so I think you only have- <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, you're you're being called out. That's my ask is for Greg to send me my my money.
0: Let's. Uh, that was just for calls, though. That wasn't like asking. Well, I mean, you're doing it during your calls, but that was specifically like call streaks. Yeah, it was a call streak. Yeah. Okay,
1: cool. Yeah. So that was really good, too. So I I think anything that you can inject that gamification or that little competition with someone else, one, it makes it more fun. This can be a lonely business in a way, because, well, for us, we're all remote and we're talking to partners and clients, but you're in your own office. So it gives that little bit of like camaraderie and competition. And then also, it's a motivator for you, too. Love it. Love it.
0: Yeah. So for me, like I don't gamify it or track it as diligently as you, which maybe there's a case for me to do that. Maybe I should, because maybe I'll be more consistent with it. I just know for myself and my business, I have certain processes through, I'd say my client journey that reinforces me to do these asks. So I'm not tracking it, but I'm at least it's measured and the same process for every client, same process for every realtor. So I'm still doing that, just not like a five per day type thing.
1: You have it in your system. So it's still built in there. It's not like you're doing zero asks, just how you're interjecting them is different, which I think works too. Like obviously your business is scaling just as well. So it's not like one way is better, but for the people who haven't quite established where to put that in their process or haven't gotten around to it, like I know I have systems and stuff that I haven't. Taking the hours to put in the steps to get that going just i don't love sitting in front of a computer screen i'm happy to sit on my phone and shoot the shit so i'll do it. this it maintains the level and then i just fund the files but for you you have all of this process built out and it helps because when you're at fire you don't have to worry that that google review ask is going out or this referral partner request is yeah. being, it's just done for you
0: that's exactly it so like to that point if it's Just to use an example of Google reviews, if we're doing that for a client and we're doing these asks, if I'm remembering correctly, so for sure, my first ask is actually on the discovery call. So I don't ask for a Google review right away, obviously, but I'm hinting at them saying, hey, you know, for me, if it's an A client, which most of my clients are, I say, hey, I don't charge you a thing. I won't be asking for any money from you. I get paid by the lender 1% commission on average. The only thing I'll be asking for is a Google review. And usually that gets like a good chuckle out of them and it's planting the seed right away. So that's my first one. My second would be when we get an approval. So I used to call them. Actually, I still do. It depends. Sometimes I call them. Sometimes Lizzie does. Sometimes we just send an approval email out there. And in that email is the ask for a Google review. But either way, we always ask at moments of high during the process, whether that's... Yeah, so it's four. So it's approval. And then our third is... Broker complete. We call it all conditions met because most people don't know what broker complete means. Yeah, it so, means if you're
1: not in the industry.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think like people forget that. Like everyone calls a broker complete, which I get. Like that's what we call it. But I remember when I started doing that and telling clients, like, hey, we're broker complete. They're like, cool. What does that mean? <laughs> so we changed it to all conditions met because we always tell them. We explain like, hey, here's the conditions. We have to satisfy these conditions until closing. So they already know what conditions means. So it makes more sense. But yeah, so we ask on that moment. And then also, of course, on closing day. So the closing day will rotate. So it's kind of like, it depends again, if I'm working or not. So it's either a call, a phone call, congratulating a client on closing, or it's a text, a video text from BombBomb or it's an email. So we transitioned from the email to phone calls. We don't do the email anymore. So the phone calls are very effective because like obviously you're talking to them, you're establishing that rapport again and they're pumped. They're super pumped on closing day. So that's when I'll ask for a guru review. Some people don't because I know closing day is a bit of like a not stressful, but a busy day for clients. So Mm -hmm. some brokers are reluctant to ask, but I still do. So that's effective. And the video text is what I've been implementing lately. I found that's been pretty good too.
1: And so that's your last one is on closing day.
0: Yes. uh, Sorry. No. So it technically is, but Lizzie does a 30 day follow-up call, actually 35 days. So we call 35 days after closing. And the point of that is we just say, hey, Lizzie here from Offen Mortgages just wanted to give you a call and check in to see if your first mortgage payment went through. And it's just a checkup call, see how they're doing. And then if they haven't given us a Google review at that point, then that's when we'll ask again.
1: Perfect. That's what I was going to say when you said the forum. like, this is a great opportunity. And it's to do exactly what you said there is one I love is like down the line, the just checking in, making sure everything's set up the way they like it, payments are coming out well, they're happy with their payment frequency, all of these things that we can kind of help guide them and steer them. And it's a great time to ask them because they're in the house, they're feeling good about it, especially right now with the rate volatility for those clients that maybe you got them like a four four and a quarter or whatever, and they're now like seeing everyone else get five and a half, they're really happy with you. So it's a good time to oh, catch yeah. The people yeah. in the area, you know, maybe don't don't ask them right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, that's a good point too, because now I'm remembering another one I do is for our rate insurance. So, I mean, we can go into a whole other podcast on that, but essentially if we get an approval for you, you're my client and you close in 30 days, not in this environment, but if rates come down within those 30 days, then we're locking onto that rate. We're offering it to the client. All you have to do is sign the commitment. So reaching out to a client saying, hey, we have a lower rate for you prior to closing. Do you want it? And that we also break down the savings on that. So we say, hey, you're actually going to save $3,000 over the next five years based off of the new rate. Do you want this? They say, yes, of course. And that's when we do another ask. So it really comes down to like those high moments for the clients. And anytime you get that, just ask for it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's a habit for me. And if you get in the motions of just doing it, so if you're not doing it, start. And then if you are doing it, add it at these specific moments of wow, it's going to be so great for your business.
0: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. And that's just Google reviews, man. Like we can be chatting all day about, you know, client referrals. You know, one thing we've implemented the last couple of months is our pre-approved buyers. So I think you do
1: this too, right? Pre-approved buyers? With what? Sorry. With the ask. You ask clients for referrals. I'll ask Yeah, I'll ask if they have any friend shopping for pre-approved buyers. What I've been doing more so though is asking, especially first-time home buyers and just saying, hey, now you've got an experience for what it's like working with me. If your parents or friends are coming up for renewal, feel free to share my information because quite often, as you've experienced, the bank doesn't give the best option to them. Yeah. And it's such a great kind of point because. Their parent or friend will be like, hey, you just bought a house. What rate did you get? And they're like, oh, yeah, this is my broker did the whole budget, like everything for me. And it gives a nice touch point there.
0: Yeah, because during the process, they're like, they're ecstatic. They are kind of excited for their new home or whatever they're doing. So mortgages are on top of like, not so much the mortgage, but the whole home buying experience is on the top of their mind with friends or family or coworkers about getting a mortgage, about purchasing a home. So, that's when you want to ask your clients of yours for referrals because not all of them know that you build your business off of referrals. So, why don't you tell them? Why don't you ask them? So, that's what we do. I have Lizzie calling every week. We do pre approved buyer calls and we gauge it. Like, if we find that someone's been pre approved for like two months and we call them every week, we know when to dial it back because we don't want to hound them every week. But all we're doing is we're staying top of mind. So, that's another benefit of it. We stay top of mind by calling asking, hey, how's the home buying, house shopping going? Do you have any questions? Cool. Do you have anyone you know that can use our help with the mortgage? Super simple.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super simple, but super effective. And I think yeah. that's what the best processes and strategies are. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. So you now have a few ways that you can implement ask in your business. And just to kick off and give myself one more check mark, I just want to ask that you Give us a little review of this podcast if you're enjoying these first couple episodes and share it with a friend in the industry. Boom. There's two ass right there. And double whammy. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> There's two line corks.
0: <laughs> Beauty. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Okay. Cheers, everyone. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering
1: production.